Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to continue to do some training, and we're going to talk about something very important, our three talking points for Sidewalk Outreach. Stay with us. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys sharing this podcast, leaving us an awesome review on this podcast because we deserve it because we're great and you know it, right? So leave us a good review. If All right, you don't Vicky? know it, we will tell you, right? That's right. We'll tell you how great we are. <laughs> no, nah, we just try to, as best we can, humbly serve the Lord and impart to you guys wisdom, things that we've learned and uh, experiences that we've had. We're trying to train you guys, those who are uh, maybe have already been a part of our sidewalk training, trying to take it a little more in depth. Those who have not been a part of our sidewalk training, we're trying to whet your appetite for being a part of the sidewalk training and really going into depth on some of the different aspects, uh, breaking down some of the different slides, some of the different topics that we cover in our sidewalk training. We can't go into uh, into too much depth when we're doing that training because it's like two hours, and I think two hours is about as much as you can you can get in a Zoom without people just totally getting worn out. So we kind of thought, let's take those aspects and break them down for those who've been a part of the training, those who haven't, to uh, just train further train deeper so that we can be as effective as possible. That's the goal. We want Jesus to be glorified and he's glorified when we bear fruit. He's glorified when we obey him first and Mm -hmm. foremost, Mm -hmm. but when we obey him, fruit is born and we want the fruit to be as much and as beautiful as possible. So training helps us to do that. Amen. We're going to get today into what we call, uh, we, we say as we, do the training. We have a what, why, and how format. So what Sidewalk Outreach is, why we do Sidewalk Outreach, and how. And I often say that the how part is the meat of it, right? It's where we get into the nitty gritty of how to do the certain aspects of Sidewalk Outreach. Mm -hmm. But I say, if that is the meat of it, if the how is the meat of it, this is like the the really juicy part of the meat. (laughs) This is like the really important part. And what we're talking about is the three talking points. As we've looked over the years at just kind of uh, the counseling that we do on the sidewalk and how we minister to the moms and dads on the sidewalk at the abortion center in the different aspects that we minister to them in, um, really kind of what, what, as I looked at it, what really kind of stuck out is there are three main talking points, three topics mm-hmm. or subjects mm-hmm. main areas main areas mm-hmm. that we speak from right and as we're doing trainings we, we try to get this into people's hearts and people's minds three different aspects three talking points yeah so that because people are worried what do i say yeah and, and it's if, overwhelming there's so many things you could say so how do you kind of organize it in a in your mind yeah. so that it's easier for you to when you're out there in the high stress and tension of the sidewalk, you've got these three main areas that you're going to pull from. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, there are other things that you can mm-hmm. say, you can bring into the conversation, things that maybe are not necessarily within the framework of these right. three talking points. But I think for the most part, the things that we've found that are effective to say to an abortion-minded mom mm-hmm. 
are really found in these three talking points. Right. Yeah. And it's not like we come from a place of just opinion or, you know, something we, we maybe thought might work. This is from experience. This is mm-hmm. from you know, 15 years experience on my part, mm-hmm. eight years experience on your part. So combined, mm-hmm. that's a lot of years experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 23, I think that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 23. That, that, was, that was a test. And you passed. Good job. So math and sidewalk counseling are your, are your strong suits. Multi-talented. Yeah. And so, um, again, we speak from experience. Yeah. And also from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's why our first talking point is uh, what God says. Right. So the three talking points, just to, to let the cat out of the bag yeah. for those who haven't <laughs> been to our training. We even have this on the Sidewalks for Life website as well. Yeah. I do. A, I wrote an article about the three talking points, and it, there's a video there about those three talking and points. And this article as well. will be posted there. I wrote an article to accompany just this uh, this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. so those three talking points are what God says, the humanity of the baby, mm-hmm. and the resources available. Right. Very simple. Mm-hmm. So as you're calling out to a woman going into the abortion center, what what are the things that you want to touch on? Well, those three talking points. You want to touch on what God says the humanity of the baby, and the resources that are available. When you're talking to a woman one-on-one, she stopped her car and pulled over, and she's engaging with you. She's coming to the abortion center, obviously, and you're having a conversation with her. What do you want the conversation to, what do you want really the framework of the conversation to be? Well, it's what God says, Mm -hmm. the humanity of the baby, and the resources that are available. It's very simple, and it's very simple to really tie all three of these points in together, they're really interwoven mm-hmm. into a conversation and even, you know, a 15 second pitch, so to speak, right. as they're right. walking into the abortion center. What's Which a is often word all you that? have, a, a better word than yeah, pitch. than pitch or spiel. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, plea. Yeah, that's Your a better 15 word. 15 second plea. Yes. To that woman. See, there you go. You're good with words too, yeah. not just math. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, your 15 second, 10, 15 second plea. Right. Can center around these these three talking points, yeah. what God says, the humanity of the baby, and the resources. And so I'll just give you guys an example mm-hmm. of what I might say. People ask, well, what do you say in 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. I think I can cover this in less than 15 seconds. Should I time you? you maybe you should time me. Okay. What do you I think? Don't, I don't have a second hand. Oh, I do. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Mama, your baby is precious in the sight of God. He has a plan for you and your child. We have help available for you. Mama, your baby's heart is already beating. Please come over and talk to me. What's that? Wow. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. So I touched on all three. Did you get all three? Of those talking points. Absolutely did. Okay. Let's let's go through that. So mama, you called her a mama. Yeah. That's already kind of. That's um, implying humanity. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's, if she's not a mom, if there's not a human involved. Right. It's got to be a human in there. Yeah. Okay. What was your next thing? Your your baby's heart is already beating. No, is that your baby is precious to the Lord. Okay, your baby. So that's the what word God baby. says. Yeah, baby, and then entering God, God into the equation. Right. Like your baby is precious. God. Right. God says your baby is precious. So yeah. What God says. Uh huh. And then we have help available. Please come over and talk to me. So there's right. the resources. Now you obviously can't get very specific in 15 seconds. No. But the point is to touch on if yeah. you can, and we try to train our counselors that at least touch on each one of those areas. And then every time you see that mom, you can expand. Yeah, absolutely. Or if she comes to talk with you one-on-one, 
obviously then you can expand. Yeah. And yeah. one of the resources that I'll call out too, I didn't do, get too specific in there, but you can get specific. You can say mm-hmm. we have a free ultrasound right over here. We have a mobile ultrasound unit right there. Or you could say if you have a pregnancy center in your area and you don't have a mobile unit, you can say there's a pregnancy center 15 minutes away that will give you a free pregnancy test and free right. ultrasound. Because you had seven more seconds to play with. I had seven more Wait, seconds. seven, six, uh, six. See, there you go with your awesome math. <laughs> um well, let's, let me get an example of you and your 15-second yeah. plea. What would you All say? Right. What well, do you I, say? I typically say, young lady, your precious child is made in the image of God with a beating heart as early as 17 days. You can look at that beating heart on our free ultrasound parked on the curb right now. Yeah. So your precious baby is made in the image of God. I want to get right away to a value statement of the baby. And that, to me, is the most significant value statement. Um, There may be others, but that's the one to me that that really speaks to the value of the baby and why, at its crux, why that child is valuable before God. And it's because that baby is made in God's image. So uh, your precious baby made in the image of God um, with a beating heart. So that gets into the baby's development as early as 17 days. And we have an ultrasound uh, parked right on the curb talks about a specific resource yeah. that we happen to have here in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Soon. And yeah, that was about 15 those. seconds. You didn't time it. I mean, it, I but... did time it in my mind. It was actually 12 and a half seconds. Oh, not so, bad. Yeah, not bad. pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have a built-in clock I could have here. had three more seconds worth of uh, plea. Yeah, two and a half <laughs> seconds. Okay, actually. two and a half, right. <laughs> so, but great job. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. let's break down then these three talking points. Okay. Let's break down... Well, why? Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get into some why, but really in mm-hmm. the what. What what are yeah. we focusing on when we're talking about these three talking points? And the first one is what God says. Now, right. within that, there's actually a lot, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I'm thinking in my mind as I'm talking about what God says. First, what God says about that baby. It's mm-hmm. kind of like I voiced in my little, you know, plea. seven second, nine <laughs> second plea. Correct. Um, that. The value, like you said, the value statement, your baby mm-hmm. is precious in a, in the sight of God. Right. So I'm yeah. introducing, of course, the humanity of the baby, but also the fact that there's a God that has a plan for that baby. So that's what God has to say about that baby. Yeah. But also, I want to introduce, and if we get into a more in-depth conversation, I'm mm-hmm. introducing what God says about that mother. Right. That he loves her and he has mm-hmm. a plan for her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I could go in that direction, or I can go in the direction also God says that he sees what she's doing. Mm-hmm. That's what God has to say. He'll call her to account. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That She's accountable to God. That's what God has to say. Right. Yeah. And what God has to say about the sanctity of life altogether. Yeah. And he does. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder. So yeah. that becomes the more um, hard-hitting yeah. message. Yeah. And I can introduce the idea that abortion is murder. Now, mm-hmm. I, I typically don't, well, typically I never lead with don't go in there and murder your baby. Yeah. Because I do think it's a non-starter for a conversation. It's like, mm-hmm. don't go over there and violently murder your baby. Please come over and talk to me. This, this <laughs> right. typically doesn't make me very approachable. Because right. I yeah. want them, I don't want to just deliver information. Right. I want to get them to come over and talk to me so I can help break down the information that I want to deliver. Yeah. So in my 15 second, 10, 15 second appeal or plea, mm-hmm. I want to provoke them to come over and talk, not just deliver information. But if they don't come over and talk, I want to make sure the information is sufficient to -hmm. plant those seeds of truth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I will talk about abortion being murder. Typically, in my mind, I'm thinking when they get out of their car, it's a plea of, you know, 
your baby is precious in the sight of the Lord. God has a good plan for you. By the time they get to the door, that's when I might actually get a little more tough with it. I might say, Mm -hmm. you know, don't go in there and take the life of your innocent child. And in that, uh, I'm implying what God says in his word, the sixth command, you should not murder. And I might even say, I'm I'm certainly not against saying abortion is murder. Mm -hmm. But I do think we need to be careful in the way that when we're calling out, that we're not calling out in such a way that we're just an accuser. Right. right, we're just accusing yeah. them yeah. of of being a murderer. I think, and I, I could be wrong. Listen, mm-hmm. I've been wrong one time before, so mm-hmm. I could be wrong in this, <laughs> and I'm willing to be corrected. But I do think that throwing around the term murderer is is can be a little heavy hitting, and not very. Um, maybe I'm being a pansy, but maybe not very inviting because I do want them to come over and talk to me. I don't want to shut the conversation down. And here's one thing I've learned, and I know you've learned it as well. Mm-hmm. Because there are some like once they go in that door, they're done for. There's there's no there's no hope for them. There's no way they're coming back out. And so I want to hit them as hard as I can. Right. The reality is though, about half of the moms that we've seen choose life have chosen life after they go in. Mm-hmm. And if you look at kind of the flow of things at an abortion center, and I've, I've read reviews from abortion centers all over the country, so I know this to be true that once they check in they're still about two or three hours before they're actually going to have the abortion. Right. Now, yeah. why they do it like that, I have no clue, but yeah. it's a common theme. Yeah. But I think they want everybody in there with all of the uh, pre things that need to yeah. be done, done so that when the abortionist arrives, his or her time is used as efficiently as possible. Everything's oh already yeah. done. All he has to do is, I've heard he just wheels from, he's on a wheel, <laughs> wheeling chair and just wheels from one little cubicle to the next, just performing abortion, following abortion, because the women are all prepped. Everything's done and ready. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense that, that that's yeah, the Yeah, I've heard that, that as well. Yeah. An abortion procedure takes like five minutes. Right. And they can, an abortion meal, they can produce abortions really right. quick. Right. The point is, is that you've got time to engage with them and just because they've come in and checked in for their appointment, I think if we shut the conversation down before it even starts yep. by coming across too heavy hitting, then we we shut down potential conversations that could happen, you know, an hour after they've already been there, two hours, or even after they've had the abortion. I still yeah. want to have a conversation with them or after they've yeah. taken the abortion pill. Like I yeah. still want to be able to have that one-on-one conversation. So if I hit too hard on abortion is murder, and again, that's that's what God says. God yep. says abortion is murder. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say that, mm-hmm. but I am careful in my language. Yeah. And so I don't typically actually use the word murder. I might use the word don't take the life of your innocent baby. And so yeah. I'm implying innocence. I'm implying an action that they're doing. Because I think abortion is murder can almost be in, in, in these modern times like a cliche sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really connect. I could mm-hmm. be wrong about that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I, I think that um, as the day progresses, the more times we see them, they're going to be in and out, many of them. I don't know if this is true at all facilities, but it sure is true here. Um, they're in and out a lot, going back and forth to their car. We're going to have many opportunities, usually, to speak to them. And we can also speak over the microphone, uh, which we know they can hear us yeah. inside the building. So as the day progresses, I probably do become a little bit more heavy hitting. Yeah. But I do try to always keep in mind, I want them to come talk to me, even if they have already had the abortion so that we can give healing resources so that if it's the pill, we can um, encourage them to do the abortion pill reversal. So yeah, I think that if you can speak the truth, 
but speak it factually, but in love and as much as possible gently, they're more likely to want to reach out to you yeah. and, and to come no matter what has happened. Yeah, yeah. So I totally to agree say, with that. Yeah, that's not to say at all that we, we hold back on the reality that abortion is murder, that we don't say that. I mean, ultimately, we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And there can be some times where it's appropriate just to say, and, and God will use it, abortion is murder. Don't go in there and murder your child. So yeah. I'm discounting that. Yeah. I've even seen situations where um, this is kind of a, l- a little off topic in this but it is what God says when I've seen men addressed and being called out as being a coward. Like, you need to stand up for your baby. Yeah. God says that you're a guardian, you're a protector of your family. You're not mm-hmm. doing – that's kind of heavy hitting. Mm-hmm. But I've seen God use that to save babies. Yeah. Um, and so certainly, again, not against that. Yeah. But I do think we need to be prayerful and, and thoughtful in the way that we and deliver. And careful. Yeah. I, I, instead of labeling in general, and I'm not always good at this because it is harder – but instead of labels trying to describe factually yeah. um, behavior, like what you just said, um, God has called you to protect a child. Um, and, and going further along that line, you're describing the actions of someone who is courageously doing what God would have him do. Yeah. And and that, you know, they can recognize, hopefully, well, that's not what I'm doing. I must be a coward. Maybe they'll come to that conclusion on their own. And rather than having to say, for me, having to say, you are a murderer or what you are doing is murder, describing what happens to a living human being without anesthesia during an abortion, it accomplishes the same thing. You're you're talking about the dismemberment of a living human being, which is, you know, horrific. And, um, And they can come to the conclusion on their own. That that it's murder. Yeah. Um, I, rem- I I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in a past podcast, but uh, talking about the um, what God has to say about the baby, and and I was describing um, the abortion and what happens, and what God says about thou thou shalt not murder, and yeah. He never ever cons- thought that a mother should do such horrific things to her child. And he describes that as the reason why he sent the Israelites against the Canaanite nations, because they sacrificed their children to the fire. Anyway, the mom I was talking with, it it kind of finally just registered to her, oh my goodness, is what I'm doing. Child abuse was the word she used. Yeah. But she hadn't made that connection, but it was just describing what happens in an abortion. So yeah. I think that's um, kind of a long way of saying when you're talking about what God has to say about the baby, if if you can describe um, without – you don't need to label. You can, you can just talk about what God specifically says. Like in Psalm 139, yeah. for example, he paints what is clearly a picture of how he loves, knows – has a plan and a purpose, um, and is intimately in love with and involved with that little baby, then you've just told her just by talking through Psalm 139 and some of those verses, you've made it clear what God has to say about how he feels about that baby. Yeah, and having Scripture obviously Mm -hmm. memorized and on your tongue when you're talking Mm -hmm. about what God says about any subject is vital because how do we know what God says about something? Yeah. We don't just invent it. Yeah. We get it from his word. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 are key. You mm-hmm. form my inward parts. So what does mm-hmm. God say? He formed your baby. 
Yeah. Jeremiah 1, 5, I think mm-hmm. these are pretty common scriptures that many of you guys that are listening know. Yeah. But before I formed you, I knew you, yeah. God tells Jeremiah, and set you apart as a prophet to the nation. So what does that tell us? It says, well, God formed him mm-hmm. and God knew him. So the knowledge of God, the the relationship that God even has to a preborn child, yeah. that's that's what he says in his word. And so yeah. conveying these truths are, is really important, obviously coming from a, a scriptural perspective. And God himself presents th- throughout the Bible both the positive message, like as in Psalm 139, yeah. um, and the negative message, thou shalt not murder. Yeah, and that absolutely. there's a consequence, a terrible consequence to, to murder. So I think... God's our model. Jesus yeah. is our model, and so we need. I think we should be presenting both both sides of those, um, but um, but doing it with, like you said, your focus in. I want her to come and talk with me right. more because that's when I'm really going to be able to share truth in depth enough that it's going to make a true life change. Yeah. yeah, a true heart change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't. I don't dance around the issue. Right. If I'm getting into a one-on-one conversation, I'm talking to a dad. I'm not yeah. dancing around the issue and and just suggesting some truths and things like that. Right. I'm getting right to it. Yeah. But again, the key is I want to have a one-on-one conversation with him. And in the yeah. conversation, I'll gauge whether or not he's he's able to receive certain truths. And you know what I'm saying? As I'm touching yeah, on stuff. And if you have a bloody nose at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Because he's punched you out. You know, maybe you could soften the message sure, a little. Right? Sure. Yeah. But I'm not against, <laughs> and I've done it. And I know you have too. Yeah. Calling out sex outside of marriage is fornication. It's right. sin. Yeah. As I'm yeah. in a conversation ministering to a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the other day, I was actually in Southern California helping some of our, our folks, missionaries that are being trained up there. Yeah. And there was a young man that showed up there at the Planned Parenthood. And uh, I could tell just in conversation, I guess this is something that you learn as you're in conversations with people. You learn like the, the cues on their faces and whether or not they're able to receive certain truths. So this young man comes over and talks to me and he claimed to be a believer. And he said he was coming um, to Planned Parenthood for condoms. And I said, okay, so your your wife, you and your wife are trying not to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, she's not my wife. And I said that because I was assuming that it was not his wife. Right. He's claiming to be a Christian. Yeah. I said, so yeah. so you're a fornicator? Like, so you're having sex outside <laughs> of marriage? I was like, really? You think that's that's right in the sight of God? Yeah. Now, again, I didn't just throw that, that out there as an a- accusation. just kind of out of the blue. There was always – there's kind of a, a context to that conversation – as he shared he was a believer, yeah. I was able to come back with the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that fornicators won't inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. If you're a child of God, should you mm-hmm. be involved in that sort of thing? And we actually had a very at length conversation, um, got him connected with some of our local folks there. Hopefully he's going to get get things right with the Lord. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I just share yeah. that. Shay, I'm, I'm not afraid to get into the, uh, the, the real hard truths, but I do think that, that timing is is important. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah. But the, but the Lord bottom line it. in that first area introducing the concept of God and it it in sexual purity issues in uh sanctity of life issues in how he feels about the unborn yeah. issues when life begins God's clear. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, life begins at conception and he's known that baby and that Jeremiah 1:5 I've 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 often wondered about that that verse he says before I formed you. Well, the, Psalm one thirty nine says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you." Or is that? That's um, a that, okay. Jeremiah one five. Okay. Before so I formed before you, I, knew you. I formed you in the womb. So I've thought about that a lot because what I'll say is, God has loved you from the moment of conception. 
but has he actually loved us even before? Yeah. That moment of conception. I'm not. I'm never quite sure how to phrase sure. that. I don't think you but, have to get into breaking down complex theological truths. I mean, you yeah. can get into the eternal mind of God and him knowing the end from the beginning and all of that. That's a conversation for another day, possibly. But right there, the 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 Im, what's implied there is that he formed that baby and right. that he knows that yeah. baby. Yeah, not from just the earliest moment. Yeah, from the absolutely. earliest moment, yeah. and and that's key. That all, all those things are so important, and there there's many other. The Bible yeah. is filled with verses that you can use. Yeah, and I, I think we'll labor this point of the three talking points more than any of the others because it's the foundation. Right, like yeah. the humanity of the baby. Who even really cares if there's not a God? That yeah. a, a human being is no different than a dog or anything like that. Yeah. Now, I know that there are some from whatever persuasion they might be from that will say, you really shouldn't lead with God. You should mm-hmm. talk about other things, humanity, the baby, and the resources. And or not mention God at all. I've heard people yeah. question. Or that, even not yeah. mention God at all. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I, I could try that, but I promise you it wouldn't work because mm-hmm. I love Jesus and he's mm-hmm. in me. And to not talk about God is pretty much an impossibility for right. me. But to tell me that I shouldn't lead with God talking about God or shouldn't mention God because it might push people away. First of all, experientially, that's not true. Yeah, Many of these women are praying for a sign. Mm-hmm. Many of these women are asking God, and I'm talking like even up north and out west where you think mm-hmm. they don't they don't have any knowledge of God or anything. They do. Yeah. Everyone has a knowledge of God. Right. And so we need to mention the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, do we need to be, again, sharing complex theological truths? Not necessarily. Not There's in your a, 15 seconds, for not sure. Not in your 15 <laughs> seconds. But right. even in the one-on-one conversations to get more deep, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be centering the conversation around the fact that they're there to kill a baby. I'm not going to yeah. be getting into all these other conversations. Yeah. A lot of times that can be a distraction. I mean, I've had conversations with men in front of the abortion center about uh, the whole Calvinism debate, Calvin, yeah. Calvinism and Arminianism, or even the eschatology debate. While their baby's it, being bother- slaughtered, yeah. you know, a hundred feet yeah. away. So right. I'm like, yeah. I, I might brush real quick on an mm-hmm. issue that I think might be helpful around that, but I'm going to mm-hmm. always bring it back to their accountability to God, mm-hmm. what he says about their baby, what he says about yeah. them, all of that. Um, so I say that to say that we do need to be talking about the Lord, but we need to keep that conversation centered around what's happening right there, Yeah, that God doesn't approve of what they're doing there, but he does love their baby. He does have a plan for them, and yeah. they can trust him. Ultimately, what I want them to do is to trust the Lord. Yeah. To step away from the abortion clinic and take a step toward the Lord. Yeah. So next, the second talking point. Okay. Is the humanity of the baby. Right. Right. We, we've talked about what God says, what God says about the baby, what God says about the mother, the situation, the decision to have an abortion, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the humanity of the baby is so mm-hmm. important for yeah. us to talk about the humanity of the baby to, to us to really, I, I won't say we give personhood because God gives personhood. But we, we we express that that yeah. personhood. We, yeah. we remind these women that they're mothers, that they have a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, the personhood thing is interesting because the pro-choice, so-called pro-choice movement will try to separate out human being from personhood. 
that yeah. they're different, but that's a, a, a ludicrous separation. Absolutely. You know, a human being is a person, <laughs> and a person is always a human being. They are, they're really the same thing. And there's just no denying that from the moment of conception, that baby has all the human DNA she yeah. will she will ever have. But yeah, the the purpose of the abortion industry is to make money killing babies, and they are going to do that by helping the mother and society to not believe that it's a baby. Yeah. For example, today, this was a new one for me, for why someone should go get an abortion. Uh, we have a new pro-abortion person out there who called out to them, um, you don't need to put up with morning sickness. So get rid of your morning sickness. Go in there. Take care of your health. Get rid of your morning sickness. Yeah. Not no mention of a baby. Right. <laughs> or or even a pregnancy. There is a symptom that universally we don't like it us women who bear children who have morning sickness. I remember it. It's rough. Yeah. Um but she reduced it. Reduced this whole issue to get rid of morning sickness. Yeah. And that's what they do. Yeah, sure. That's their attempt to sanitize what is really happening in those horrible places. Yeah, yeah. So we have to, we have to from the get-go, expose that. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth, God's truth, all truth is God's truth, one preacher wisely said, and that's, that's true. And so this, this uh, not theological truth, but also scientific truth, yeah. that a baby in the womb is a human being. Yeah. Listen, the science is on our side. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to express this truth. We need to focus on this truth that it right. is a baby. It is a life. Yeah. There and I like what you said, the, the scientific science is on our side. And I, I guess the, in the first talking point, God is the focus. In the second talking point, really, the scientific evidence yeah. is, is the focus for me. I No fetal development. And be able to recite yeah. the major milestones. Sure. Because that right away puts the lie to what the abortion industry is claiming, that this is a blob of cells. Yeah. Not a human being. Right. Not a person. Yeah. And it is really just the, the, the pro-choice lie that it's a blob of tissue, a clump of mm-hmm. cells that many of these women kind of latch on to. Mm-hmm. Even though that whole lie has been debunked years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can look in... Nine weeks, seven weeks, six weeks even as early on an ultrasound, even early as six weeks, sometimes five weeks, Mm -hmm. where you can see a baby, very small, but you can see their heart that's beating. Right. Yeah. And we have to remind these women that they're carrying a human being in their womb, not a blob of tissue or a Mm -hmm. clump of cells. And so- like yeah. we talked about in a previous podcast, we talked about information that's necessary to have. It's like you need to be informed of fetal development right. so that you can inform these women of the humanity of their child. Yeah. And we always will focus on the heartbeat mm-hmm. and because it's a tangible thing, because it's something they can see if they were to look on an ultrasound, they can see it very clearly. Yeah. And it's an obvious sign of life. Now, I do not believe that life begins at the first beat of a heart. Right. I believe that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. but a heartbeat is one of those tangible things yeah. that really we can all connect with. So one of the things that I'll say oftentimes, when somebody passes out in front of you at the grocery store, what's mm-hmm. one of the first things you're taught to check? Right. Their pulse. Right. If they have a pulse, they have a heartbeat, their yeah. heart is beating, therefore they're alive and there's hope. If they yeah. don't have a heartbeat, then you need to start CPR and, yeah. and 
uh, chest compressions and all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. To get their heart back beating. Right. Well, your baby's heart has already been beating for several weeks, and that's kind of the way we'll talk about it. Sure. And uh, just, again, reminding them that their baby's alive, that their baby's a human being. Yeah. And an important thing for some of you new um, sidewalk missionaries, and you may not know this, but if the woman has missed her period, which is the first tip-off to her, she's pregnant. Yeah. So if she has missed her period, that baby's heart's beating. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Now I do. Yeah. Um, but being able to say that comes as a shock to the women because some of them will go in and say, well, once its heart is beating, I wouldn't kill it. Right. And um, because that's how they define humanity. Sure. So again, we go back to point number one, what God has to say. No, God defines humanity from yeah. the moment of conception, if not before. Right. Um, but um, science certainly um, uh, talks about the humanity um, at the moment of conception, it, it has all the human DNA, but there's no denying once there's a heart beating. Most people admit, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. maybe it's a, a very little human yeah. being. Yeah, absolutely. So being able to throw that point out, I think it's it's one of the most important things that yeah. you can say. And another subject kind of along the lines of the humanity of the baby is what we talked about a little bit earlier is motherhood and just yeah. having speaking in terms of that you're already a mother. Yeah. That implies personhood of that child. That implies that you've got a baby, you've got mm -hmm. your son or your daughter, and mm -hmm. we'll refer to the baby in the womb right. as your son or your daughter rather right. than just it. Yeah. She, he. Or a member of your family. I'll, I'll say yeah. that a lot. It, there are some ethnic groups that don't believe that uh, a baby is a baby until they take their first breath. Right. And so referring to that baby as a member, but they're, but they're very family oriented. Yeah. Um, and referring to that baby as a member of your family, because most people recognize you need to defend members of your family. Yeah. So using those kind of terms can sometimes help to personalize it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we've, we've labored that point enough. Yeah. And just jump into the last mm -hmm. of our three main talking points. Yeah. Resources that are available. Right. Now we've already touched on um, having a list of resources, especially your local pregnancy center, maternity homes, things like that. Yeah. In former podcasts, we've we've talked about all that stuff and yeah. pretty in detail, too. Yeah, absolutely. How to develop that list and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and resources, you know, some of them can be pretty difficult to find, but for the most mm -hmm. part, pretty easy to find these mm -hmm. resources. Mm-hmm. Just use Google. Right. That's that's yep. how we do it. Yep. Just find it on Google. Google yep. it. If you're looking for a maternity home, type in maternity home on Google, yep. local maternity home, yep. maternity home, and whatever your city is, there's different, you know, you can try different words or, or along the same subject and you can find different results. But uh, I think one of the most important resources, and I don't, I don't think, I know, mm -hmm. um, the most important resource is your pregnancy center, local pregnancy right. centers, yeah. having a relationship with yeah. them so that you can get the women away from the abortion center and get mm -hmm. them to a life-affirming pregnancy center. Get them out of the battle zone and get them toward a place that will show them their baby on the ultrasound for free and then get them connected with additional resources. Yeah. And so a scripture that comes to mind for this is uh, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present mm -hmm. help in trouble. Mm -hmm. That speaks of the help, the provision of God. And, of course, that, again, introduces God into the equation. What God yeah. says, God says he's made provision for you and mm -hmm. for your baby, mm -hmm. and you can put your trust in him. Yeah. So 
um, resources and an important thing to, to show them that we're not just out there with words, but we have tangible help. Right. It's important. And the, of course, there are those that will be out there um, that will say, are you going to give me money for the college education? Are you going to give me $50,000 so I can send this kid to college? Right. I, I actually hear that a lot. So it is important to think in terms of resources you are not obligated to have to offer the next 18 years of that person's right. life. But if you can offer things that will help them, not solve their problem, but help them in the immediate areas of concern, um, that goes a long way towards them knowing you are trustworthy and that you are serving the God who ultimately is where you want them to transfer yeah. their trust. So that to those people that say that sort of stuff, I will say things at times, uh, things along the line of, uh, we do have help for whatever you're facing. We do have resources that can help you. But even if we did not, your baby is still precious in the eyes of God and abortion is still wrong. Yeah. 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 There's even, we did a whole podcast a year or more ago about a, uh, a pastor, Matt Chandler said something about mm-hmm. if we're there telling them not to kill their baby and yet we don't offer them help. And we got no business doing that. I'm paraphrasing. It's probably a little little right. less like that. But yeah. the fact yeah. is, and I, I believe that's incorrect, actually. And I agree. Totally. I believe we could stand out there on the sidewalk if I yeah. was dirt poor mm-hmm. and had nothing mm-hmm. but my voice mm-hmm. and said, please don't take the life of your baby. I would still be perfectly justified in pleading right. with a mother not to take the life of her baby. Um, I don't need to have resources to meet her needs in order to tell her not to kill her child. Correct. Yeah. Now, if I do have resources, and thank God we do, mm-hmm. in the American church, there are so many resources that are available. And so we can point them toward resources. I can say with confidence there's not a need that they have that we can't at least point them in the direction of a resource to meet that need. Right. But even if we came empty-handed, yeah, we could be perfectly justified. And I mean, just think about that in the scenario of if you're in Nazi Germany mm-hmm. and you're pleading with Nazis not to kill Jews, mm-hmm. if somebody turns around and says, well, are you going to take all these Jews into your home? Oh, oh you're right. Maybe I shouldn't talk against <laughs> extermination of a right. particular that's a, that's a <laughs> group great, of people. That you is know? a great illustration of this point. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But I do think it's an important point. That's why we have it within our three talking points. Right. But I don't think it's the most important point, although... It could be the most appealing point. Yeah, it's the one that kind of, um, what's the word, greases the skids. It kind of, it helps them to, you've just offered them something tangible that they really do want. And it helps them to be more willing than to hear the other things you have to say. It's kind of building that trust. Yeah, absolutely. So that you're able to speak about God. You're able to have a more extended conversation because they see, oh, I get something out of this. That I really want yeah. or need. Yeah, absolutely. And the Lord, I guess, in one sense, can play on that that selfishness mm-hmm. and uh, and use that ultimately to bring His truth and uh, to bring the gospel into the equation. One of the ways that we do that is like we uh, shared some months ago. Miss Cheryl Chandler came and shared about her ministry, Truth and Mercy Ministries, yeah. that does baby showers. Yeah, and she does a baby shower. She's sharing the gospel. Now, there's not this requirement that you have to listen to our message or you have to become a Christian to receive our help. No. Right. But if we're going to be throwing a baby shower, if we're going to be doing practical things to meet your needs, we want to be able to share the reason why we're doing it. It's because Mm -hmm. of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So that's why we prefer, if we're going to partner with ministries, if we're going to have a resource ministry like a maternity home or whatever, that they be gospel-centered. 
right. because these women need the Lord. Yeah. And so that's our three talking points. Yeah. I think yeah. we pretty much wrapped it up for you guys. Yeah. And hopefully that was an encouragement and a blessing. This article will be out on our Sidewalks for Life website, so you can read through this if you prefer to read. Um, then certainly we, we want you to read that. If you don't know how to read like me, <laughs> you can just listen to this podcast again and again and again and be well equipped <laughs> with these three talking points. But um, I think we always offer our email address for you guys. So if, certainly if you want to reach out to us, you have suggestions for few, future podcasts or some input on this podcast episode, we'd certainly love to hear it. You can reach me at daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, vicky at lovelife.org. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.